the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. Thank you for bearing with us. Uh, It's been a couple weeks. I might be a little bit rusty. My apologies. Um, I had a baby a couple of weeks ago, so I just wanted a couple of weeks with my newborn. Had a quick stay at Victoria Hospital as well post-delivery, but we are back. We are getting back in the swing of things. And I'm excited once again to be joined by London Free Press health reporter Jennifer Beeman. Jen, how are you doing today? I am great. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be back. But once again, we are talking all things COVID because it's still a very, very hot topic. It seemed alarming to me. I, I still check the numbers every day like uh, like I do. I, it's, I can't help it. I cannot control myself. Every day at noon, the health unit website, I refresh and up come the numbers. Tuesday, 15 new cases and I'm seeing double digits and I'm seeing the province numbers go up. And I'm thinking, ooh, what is going on? Now, I've been fully vaccinated and I feel fortunate for that. But there is like a little piece in the back of my head being like, where are all of these cases coming from, knowing that the vaccines are readily available? Now, that being said, 15 new cases on Tuesday, five new cases on Wednesday in our region. What is happening with this spike? I know they said it was going to happen, but what's really going on here? Well, these are primarily among unvaccinated people. There's a fourth wave. We're starting to see a little bit of that early activity, and it's coming for those people who haven't been protected. And that's really, really what's happening. The province just the other day released new kind of data that shows the case counts among unvaccinated, partially vaccinated, and fully vaccinated people. It's great data. We've got it kind of every day, new data coming in about who's getting infected, who's getting sick, who's getting hospitalized. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really important. So, you know, COVID is still a thing that we're dealing with. It's very important. If you have two doses of the vaccine, things are pretty good for you. You can have a, a good summer. You can see your friends. If, if you're unprotected though, um, you know, watch yourself because there's quite a few cases and even locally, like you said, 15, that's pretty high. And even when we had, you know, no vaccines and there were, you know, a half million people in London and Middlesex County, a 15 day would have been kind of like, all right, okay, that's not, not the worst it's been, but certainly we could do better. But now we've taken a whole bunch of Londoners and people in Middlesex County kind of out of the running of there. So the denominator is smaller. That's 15 out of, you know, the 20 or some odd percent of people that just don't have, that aren't protected. I was going to say, what what do you think is with the lag? So we're at about 81% of people 12 and up in London, Middlesex County um, with a single vaccination and around 69% with a double dose of the vaccine. What do you think the delay is there? So, you know, we started doing second dose is really, really in earnest, not that long ago, a couple months ago. There are people that might have waited their four months. That's always a possibility. There are people, though, that also just got their first dose, you know, in June or July. And, you know, they have to get their second one. So, you know, we're still kind of we're seeing that number, that 69 percent increase, you know, enough every week. The one that's a little more stubborn is the first doses. We're at 81 percent now. Uh, It's only increasing by, you know, point percentage points each week. Like it's not growing by leaps and bounds like we once saw. So. 
you know, I'd love to see that 81% tick significantly higher. I think we all would. I think it would just make everyone feel better as we kind of move into this next phase of the pandemic. Um, but the gains in that are, are harder to come by. You're more in tune with the Middlesex Linen Health Unit than I would say most people, because it's your job. What are they saying about the missing 20%? Because that, like, you hear 81%, you think, you know what, that's pretty good. Like, I'm I'm good with 81%. But then when you really think about it, you're like, oh, 20% is still a substantial amount. And with the vaccine so readily available, does the health unit kind of have a game plan? They've they've changed things with regards to you can walk in to get your shots. There are mobile clinics. Is there a game plan to push the 20% even further? There really, really is. And also, you know, just to, to put it in perspective, though, that 81% is only people who are eligible for the shot. So that doesn't include the kids under 12 who aren't. So really, population-wide, bigger, it's less than 80% because there's, you know, those kids that aren't counted in that eligible group. Uh, no, the, the health unit has been doing uh, just great work trying to get out there. They're trying to make it so that there's vaccines where people are. They went to the rib fest. They had a really, really great, uh, you know, kind of showing there. They got a lot of first doses in at rib fest, which was really excellent. They were pretty happy with the success there. They are, are doing mobile clinics till they're blue in the face, you know, multiples a day in different spots all over the city and county and you know and they're partnering with other groups there's a, a a vaccination clinic this sunday that's partnering with pride london to sort of you know make it fun for that community if they haven't got the shot yet come out enjoy the camaraderie and, and get the vaccine so the ground game is really really intense right now and that's over and above you know the walk-ins at, at mass vaccination centers and other things they've been doing which is amazing absolutely i know a big concern you hit a nail on a head the kids under 12 who are not eligible for a vaccine right now, one of my closest friends is a teacher. And so I'm always thinking it's basically the middle of August. Back to school is going to be just around the corner. What's going on with, I know there's been a lot of discussion with regards to Western. Um, Fanshawe just announced not too long ago that if you're playing varsity sports, you need to be vaccinated. Do we expect to see more of an uptick, hopefully in the coming weeks before school arrives? Well, you know, cases are rising. We had our medical officer in Ontario, Kieran Moore, yesterday said, you know, we're, we're on an upward trend, but don't panic. And the reason not to panic is because this wave, whatever it looks like, um, you know, because we've got such high vaccination, probably won't look the same as the second and third and first wave where we had all kinds of deaths and hospitalizations. We've got a fairly good number of people who are really, really at a lower risk. You know, if you're if you're double vaccinated, you're not only kind of being cool and double vaccinated, but you're one less person that's really likely to end up in, in the ICU if you get COVID. Uh, it's really all eyes on Western and Fanshawe. Huh? We've got a couple more weeks left before September. These are big places. Uh, Western and Fanshawe have kind of so far not made a move to make vaccines mandatory on campus. Um, at Western, they're mandatory if you're living in residence. They've had great uptake there. Less than 1% have said, you know, look for accommodation on it. Uh, but really, I mean, University of Ottawa just the other day made it a, a thing and Seneca College as well as everyone knows about. So really, there's a lot, a lot to watch uh, coming up to the start of the school year. Well, something else I wanted to talk about, speaking of students, is students at London hospitals. You wrote a really great piece the other day. Uh, COVID shots mandatory for those students who have unpaid placements at hospitals, but not for staff. I can't be the only one who was raising an eyebrow to that 
Seems yeah. a little yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, you know, there's 2,200 students coming into LHSD. I think that they, they're seeing an opportunity here for, you know, people that are out in the community, they want to make sure that they're as protected as they are. You know, I guess that's their reason. Um, the LHSD is pretty, being pretty unequivocal about it. They're waiting on the province to say something about mandatory vaccinations for healthcare workers, of which the province has not said anything yet. Um, there's a lot of chatter about that, though, certainly um, not just in the healthcare sector, mandatory vaccines, but this idea of vaccine passports and, and this type of thing. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, both our London hospitals are, are mandating vaccines for students coming in on, for not unpaid clinical roles, um, but not their staff. Um, and, and the students themselves at the schools aren't going to be required unless they're living in residence. So uh, definitely something to watch, certainly, and, and really a hot topic right now with uh, everything that's been going on. I know everybody's kind of sitting, waiting and watching, like you said, is it going to be the province who mandates something? Is it going to be the federal government who mandates something? With regards to Fanshawe and Western, and I don't even know that you're going to be able to answer this, but is there any kind of discussion as to if a call will be made or is it everyone's just waiting to see, will it be the provincial government or the federal government? Because the clock's ticking. Kids are going to be back to school very, very soon. And with regards to the LHSC, it said single dose first shot by September 1st, second dose by November 1st for placements at London hospitals for those students. So Western last week launched a survey asking staff and students, you know, what's your status? And, you know, they were doing that to kind of gather information about, you know, what, what they're coming up against come September and, you know, potentially use it to shape their, uh, their kind of actions and what comes next. The faculty union at Western has been extremely vocal. They want a vaccine mandate on campus. They want a full return to in-person class safely. They don't want to have to, you know, jockey things around and go remote again and then back to, you know, they just, they want the simplicity that a vaccine ban or a vaccine mandate would give. Um, you know, it, they've got a few more weeks, but we're coming up on mid August already. And I don't know that we'll see movement. Maybe certainly there's a lot of pressure on Western and a lot of eyes on Western and Fanshawe to see what they do next. And, and I guess the province as well. Well, like I said earlier, I think there's like a bit of a misconception with regards to, Oh, I've had one dose I'm protected, but we really do need the second vaccinations to develop the necessary immunity. And that does take 14 days. So as I watch the days on the calendars kind of start to flip over, it's a little bit concerning watching this. And I know the fourth wave has started, so to speak now, but um, are we seeing any kind of trajectory for what it might look like once the kiddos are back in school? I'm not even just talking post-secondary, I'm talking about the kids 12 and under. So I'm sure we'll see project projections in the coming weeks, kind of big picture about what that will look like. There, we're on a trajectory of increase right now. It's not a spike, but it's, you know, there's, they're growing, cases are rising. Um, the message from our medical officer provincially yesterday was, you know, that's what's going to happen. We're opening, we're reopening. That's just that. Um, it, it will be something to definitely keep an eye on in September. But, you know, I'm kind of heartened by the fact that we've got some pretty good vaccination numbers, you know, 81% in London with at least one dose and 69 for two and, and counting. So, you know, we're, we're not the vulnerable 
extremely vulnerable population we once were. And I think that that's something that um, we need to start getting used to thinking about because we've been living for a year and a half in just this kind of oppressive state of, of panic and of fear. And, you know, right now, as more people get on board, we're, we're better than we were and there's reason to be hopeful. So, I mean, I think we can look to the fall and hopefully things will be reasonable and things are in place that it won't be a, a huge problem, but you know, we've come a long way. Absolutely. And I love the optimism. I, I truly believe COVID's not going anywhere. So it's either you're going to get vaccinated or you are not. Um, but I do hope to see an increase in those numbers in the coming weeks before everybody heads back to school. Cause the fall I think is going to be interesting to say the least. I want to thank you so much for your time, Jen. Really appreciate all of your insight. You're wonderful as always keeping us informed. Thank you so, so much. Thanks so much for having me. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast, we're back. I promise no more two week delays. Um, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, YouTube over at lfpress.com, basically anywhere you are getting your podcasts, you can find us. So hit subscribe too, because I did get a few messages again saying, Hey, what's going on with the podcast? Um, if you hit subscribe, you'll get a notification as soon as they get uploaded. So you never have to miss an episode. We will be back again next week with another edition of the London Free Press podcast. Until then, stay well.